I don't care if the earth explodes. Welcome to Between Sundays. I am Tyler, and I am a rugged individual. Rough and tumble. We're going to talk today about what God <laughs> even thinks about me and you and your one. Dave is here to guide us through the five shades of separation from God. But before, <laughs> do we even care about that? We're going to find out. But before we repent of our sins, <laughs> now that they're finished taking my yoke upon them, let's welcome in our very own ones, Marin and Amy Christie. Thanks. Good day, guys. Good day. Thank you for that tepid applause. How are you guys doing? Good. Yeah. A little tired. Kind of sick. Kind of sick, sick today. Yeah. I'm I apologize sorry. if there's all kinds of like head noise on the mic. Oh. Sorry. No, I My think bad. you sound great. Yeah, you sound you sound really nice. <laughs> not not inside my head. I sound Dave? like a space cadet. Good day. Good day. Barry's not here. Nope. Nope. Bummer. He's uh well, bummer for us. Good for him. He's uh enjoying a staycation. At home. Making where, bunny Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, he, he's <laughs> awesome. he's in woodworking heaven for a guy who doesn't have any saws. He's just... He's, <laughs> Is he whittling? Isn't yeah, that what you well, do with he's wood? He's got something. Whittle. I don't know he's what he's got. He's not real subtle either about what he wants. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's, oh, does he want a saw for Christmas? Oh, yes. He wants, he wants all the saws. <laughs> okay. He uh, was sending me pictures of the things that he was making, and one of them is a Christmas tree. He's sticking hay yeah. in so, a yeah. piece of wood to make it look like a tree so the yeah. bunny can eat it. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. It is cute. Yeah. So that's, you know, some people go to the beach some on vacation. Make some hay, people hay trees. make hay trees for bunnies. <laughs> Good for him. Um, guys. What the heck is new? What's happening? I feel like I haven't talked to you. Well, it's been like Mary Poppins fog for the last <laughs> yeah, month and a half. So I yeah. feel like I haven't talked Poppins. to you guys. How are you? What's going on? Yeah, we're both like post Mary Poppins. Yeah. We're out by one day. How mm-hmm. did you spend your Monday post Mary Poppins? Um, I actually went to strike last night mm-hmm. to strike the set, take all the pieces apart, which is is pretty sad to watch that whole set oh be that's where torn they tear down. it down yeah and costumes put away and just wrap it all up um uh, I had pro- they didn't do that great of a job because there's tons of costumes right here well we have to return those we oh. haven't returned we borrowed from a lot of wonderful so judgmental. places they well, did a great he's, pretty hard. he's pretty hard on me i'm not, I'm not gonna lie he's he's tough on me. yeah but did you see the dumpster out back it's yeah, the neatest stacked dumpster <laughs> yeah. i've ever seen but it's just hard to watch all Very that be ripped apart but um so i did a little bit of that i actually Prayed over a new home. Um, someone that. What do you mean? They asked the prayer of blessing over the awesome. home they just moved into. So oh. they asked me to come over and do that. Um, I'm not going to lie. I did go and get a manicure. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. I had a gift card. You and I deserve felt like, it. And my friend Emily was visiting from Texas and I had not gotten a chance to see her at all. So I spent a little time with her too, which was mm-hmm. fun. But it was, yeah, it was kind of. Yeah, and got regrouped at home. Mm-hmm. I like did some laundry. Reintroduced and, yourself yeah. to your family. Yeah, I said hi. I'm Amy, and they were like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, great, welcome back." <laughs> <laughs> so you can you can go of... back anytime now. Yeah, Mom. they were like, "We don't mind you being on stage. Yeah. It's actually preferable." Mm-hmm. So it was good. Yep. It was good. Marin, you're sick. I am coming down with the so cold did you or rest something. Yesterday, right? then you know, I was fighting it through. The second weekend of oh. Mary Poppins, like really fighting it, yeah. just giving it all of the vitamins I could find, just throwing it at it. 
Um, and I woke up Monday just with a head like lead. Yep. It's just, and it was, it, that's just what my body does. Right. It just physically could finally wait let down. Wait till yep. I can and then just hits me hard. Yep. So mm. yesterday was rough. Um, made some chicken and dumpling soup for the family. Mm, that yummy. was the best way I could have spent mm-hmm. my day. I love cooking and I, I cooked all oh, of yeah. it from scratch. Just, it was good. How did Desi, your daughter, for those that don't know, how did she feel after the show was finished she was sobbing yeah 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 she was but the good news is i mean <laughs> she made all these friends of yeah. course during the the course of this production and they're all on like a group chat now yeah. so they're staying in touch with each other and that was just one of the biggest wins for me personally um i know um we wrote down at the beginning of this whole process what our reason was for, for doing, doing this. this and yeah. for some people it was community for some people it was just because they love the arts yeah um, good money for me right. never that oh, was yeah. never the reason mm-hmm. um for me it was des just wanting yeah. to um to help des get plugged in um a little bit deeper into the community here um she's always wanted to do a musical and before we even moved out here you know all the way, that was something on both of our minds. Like, wow, this church does theater. That'll be a great way for Mm -hmm. Desi to find herself um, plugged in and being used. And so, yeah, um, we had our cast party. What was it? Saturday night. Mm -hmm. She did not sit with me. Mm-mm. She wow. sat at a table with like a ton of new friends, spreading her and wings. Went home and had a sleepover with one of those friends. That's so it's just so like awesome. she did it. That was it. Yeah, that that's was the it. dream. That's yeah, so that awesome. Do, are any of them in her school? Like, will she get yeah. to see them? Good. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, cool too. Cool. So I'm so so grateful. Yeah, that is super cool. Marin, I went to the show Friday. Barry's right. What he said last week. You you were amazing in the show. Let me just say that. <laughs> Thank uh, you. I I knew you were in the show the whole time. We're talking about this every week. We have Mandy on. We have Lori on. Amy's on. And you're like, oh, I don't know. I'm not catching on. Desi's so much better than me. <laughs> like is. I'm just I don't know if oh, it's going to be man. a mess. And you were like, you were awesome. star of the show. Fake it till you make that it. That was man. great. <laughs> Good work. You. Thank yeah. you. It was fun. Dave. Yep. What's new with you? I don't know. Yeah. It's you know. Now that we're doing the pod on Tuesday. It's kind of weird, isn't it? What's weird because Tuesday is like the worst day (laughs) of the week for me. I am. Yeah. And so I'm sitting here going, "Hmm, I got nothing, Mm. but I'm okay. I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah. We always find our way because I feel like that on Tuesdays too. We come here and it's just like, "Uh, car won't start. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's the way it is. We'll get somewhere. That wasn't a downer at all. (laughs) (laughs) I had a really long weekend to be honest with you, but. Yeah. But anyway. Um, cool. All so, right. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's sometimes no news on. is good news, right? You mm-hmm. delivered a table. Oh, you saw that? Yeah. I oh, thought that yeah. was super cool. What that table? That was awesome. To, to the new oh, yeah. restaurant. Um, yeah. Sophie's uh, new Texie Mexi restaurant. Oh, in, Sophie Abel. Yeah. Yeah. In Noblesville. And so she asked Penny to find her a farm table and Penny did. And it was cute. Did you see it? Yeah, it's beautiful. it's beautiful. I love it. So we... Hauled it up to Noblesville oh, for cool. her, and we got a chance to see uh, inside what the uh, restaurant's going to look like. Very cool. I can't awesome. wait. When does it open? Does she know? You know, yet? I don't remember what okay. she said. To be honest with you, there. Yeah, but uh, you're going to love it. All brick walls oh, on the inside. It's so cool. Yeah, the pictures look beautiful. Yeah, Good yeah, for them. Cool. Awesome. How yeah, cool Sophie Abel's a former staff member who, yep. speaking of spread your wings, is gone out, started yep. a business. It restaurant. started with salsa, right? Well, Isn't yeah, that but how she started. Oh, I just yeah. know she makes great tamales. I'm going to tell you something. Her salsa is the best salsa I've ever had. 
and she will not divulge what's in it. Good. But it go. is good. Oh, my gosh, it's good. It is very good. And now good. she's opening her own restaurant. That's mm-hmm. just super mm-hmm. So they, everyone go there. Taxi yep. Mexi. No yep. That's what it's called? Taxi Mexi. Taxi Mexi. All right. Um, all right. So back to Mary Poppins. What are what what are the implications of a show like this? Like, what are we hoping happens now? What 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 are we doing next? Amy, what's the next show we're doing? Let's get it on the docket. Like what? Hamilton. Yeah. Can we do Hamilton? Oh, yeah. Fair mm-hmm. bit of editing in that. Well, but what are we hoping one. for? Um, well... I have my own musings that I have not totally fleshed out with other people that, that like Dave, are you saying? Yes. <laughs> I have musings too. Oh, let's yeah. just, let's just talk about it, the four of us right now. In just front us. of the, yeah. all of our pod friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know how often and I don't, I don't know. Um, I think our, our goal is that what we do will be highly invitational. Mm-hmm. So that will dictate what we do. And yeah. how many people are a part of it and um, when we do it. So that those pieces will all play into what the next steps are. Mm-hmm. Um, but our goal is to bring people into this building. Yeah. One of the one of the goals. I mean, there are probably several values of doing a, a show like this. But one of the biggest is to bring people here that have never been here before to yep. give people an opportunity to invite friends here that yeah. wouldn't come for any other reason. And that piece of it was very successful um, with this show. We, Probably mo- more than any other. Well, th- we were so much more intentional of finding out with this show yeah. how many people are new. So I think we just, we were so much more intentional. So we know, like mm-hmm. we know how many people or at least a good number of who was brand new into the space, yeah. who would like to get more communication from us as a church um, and and maybe connect here into yeah. some kind of community of their own, which that's what we want. We want sure. directly through this show. We want this to be a piece of people's journey toward Jesus and community and, yeah. and their destiny. So, yeah. um, if we, if we continue to hear stories and see pieces of that, then, then we've done a piece of what we set out to do. So that will dictate all of that will dictate what, where yeah. we go next. Just a little snapshot for me personally, my role had two daughters in the play. Yeah, One was played by my actual daughter mm-hmm. and the other role was played by my newest daughter. Her name is Esther and mm. her vocal coach, her vocal coach suggested that she try out for this production. So I was there for her audition, didn't know her at all. And didn't know that she didn't know anyone here. She just came in a senior in high school and just That's aud- awesome. auditioned for this role here at this church. And so then after I found out, wow, she's not church affiliated. She's a senior in high school. I wondered through her eyes every time we prayed before a rehearsal, yeah. every time you know we led worship before opening mm-hmm. night, what is this like for her mm-hmm. being in not just a huge production but a spiritual production yeah i don't i don't even know that she knew what she was signing on for um and in probably the biggest way for me is i didn't know what i was signing on for here i thought i was just doing it with des for Mm -hmm. des making memories with my daughter but i did esther's hair every night before Mm, every performance that's cool um she lives relatively close to me so just giving her rides back and forth um she has become like a member of our family. She even said, Hey, I know Desi's in choir. Let me know when she's got a choir performance and I'll come. That's the awesome community building that has happened. I know that's just one little snapshot that's happened all over um, throughout the cast. I know another person that came to the show through the community and was not affiliated with grace ahead of time is now 
um, going to be part of a Bible study with some of the women that, mm-hmm. that were part of the show that that go to Grace. And so there's all sorts yeah. of those stories mm-hmm. happening and people already getting ready to go see other people do their events, wanting to do movie night once a month. Like yeah. lots of lots of incredible cool. stories. Yeah, already. I feel like I've said this on the on this show before, but like. Our goal, I think, is to prepare a place where you are proud to bring people you know, whether it's coming to church or what. Like we can't, we don't know everybody's friends in the world, so we can't go out and say, "Hey, come to Grace," but you can. Yeah. And our job is to present a space that you feel comfortable, confident, uh, excited mm-hmm. to bring and proud of to bring your your friends and your loved ones. And that was the feedback I heard over and over is like, I am so proud that I go to a church that gets to do this. And that, mm-hmm. you know, it was such a blessing for me and my family to come. And my, I had friends come in from out of town and it was such a blessing for them to be able to see this, this place. And I think that, that is at the core for, in my opinion, why we do things. Right. It's to present the place that you feel good about mm-hmm. bringing your friends, yeah. whether, no matter what we do. And a surprise. Yeah. When you see one of the shows here, it is a surprise and, oh, yeah. it, and it sets you back and then it makes you think. And mm-hmm. anytime you can invite someone in, provide hospitality and in the hospitality, there's a surprise that enlightens and all of a sudden brightens your day. It's just, yeah. it's transforming. Yeah. yeah, it is. In the midst of it too, was this, the, the I love the show because there's magic, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's Mary flying and there's hot, jolly holiday and super <laughs> Cal and all these beautiful. And in the midst of it is this really poignant story mm-hmm. of a broken family. Poignant. I knew and, it. Stop it. <laughs> it was right there. Um, you gave it of to this him. broken family and yeah. that needs restoration and reconciliation. And the number of people that stopped me and said, and wrote to me, thank you for that story of of redemption of a family that needed it because there are families all over this community that live like the Banks family in the show was living and need yeah. need some yeah. need something in their lives to move them toward reconciliation and I I just loved that and of course the female character Mrs Banks finding her strength and her voice yeah. was another like this it wasn't the point of anything but it became just this beautiful no, that's a, arc. That's a moment um, for sure. I remember I was backstage, uh, like a intermission or something during one of the shows, and I saw you, Amy, and I was like, "I'm kind of surprised you took this role because <laughs> you're kind of getting stomped on, like as the character." And you go, "Oh wait, yeah, it's wait. coming. <laughs> She's yeah. gonna get hers. She figures out who she is, yeah. and that's what I lo- I love that. And I had yeah. some women stop and just say thank you for for that. And that wasn't me; it was the written role. Yeah. I mean, that was written that way. But I'm just glad the story didn't get lost. Yeah, it was this beautiful mesh of really poignant story that had a really great message yeah. among, amongst this spectacle and and amazing choreography and flying. And yep. it was kind of everything you want a show to be. Mm. I just And bonus, I got to meet Marin's parents yes. <laughs> who came in from out of town to see the oh, show. About that. First time. <laughs> it was great. Uh, her dad and I, I introduced myself in the aisle and it was like, as the second act was starting, it like lights were down, music's coming up and he's like, he's ready to enter into like a serious conversation. conversation. He's he's waited a long time to meet you. Really? Well, yeah, I was pumped to meet him. I had had to come back to confirm that it was him. And so I ran back out there and I introduced myself and he was like, Hey, let me tell you about the show. And I was like, Let's talk after the show. Right. The music's literally <laughs> happening right now behind us. Yeah. That's but, awesome. Yeah, it was great. 
Speaking of your parents, Marin, yes. I want to talk to you about, um, how's your mom? What's going on? Mom is scheduled for surgery a week from today. So I won't be on the pod Tuesday when we record this next week. I'll be in Chicago with my mom. Surgery, um, huh? So, okay. So the whole journey for anybody who may have not been keeping up is yes. surgery probably wasn't an option it before. Was, she was told that it wasn't an option. So my mother has stage four breast cancer and she was told that she was not a candidate for surgery, but that they were going to do whatever they could to just kind of extend her life and yeah. enhance the quality of her life. It was about keeping her comfortable. She mm-hmm. was not a candidate for surgery. Um, but through your prayers, so many friends of the pod, um, continually remind me that they're praying for my mom and my mom met a few of them when she was here and that just, just lit up her face. It means the world to her and to Mm me. Um, so yeah, the, the cancer that had spread to the other parts of her body, her lungs, her liver, um, and her lymph nodes, that's what it was, responded really well to the chemo that she, she finished like a whole, whole round of chemo. And after that, the doctors changed their mind about her being a candidate for a mastectomy. And so she's scheduled for Tuesday for a week, one week from today. And you'll be there. I will be there. That's great. Yes. I'm so relieved. I mean, in the context of everything, it's, it's miraculous, right? For sure. Yeah. For sure. She's, she's just hopeful. She's grateful. I'm grateful. Mm -hmm. I mean, we went from, okay, I guess there's nothing you could do about it to at least being able to make her more comfortable. Now, you know, the cancer has spread to other places and the doctors will be the first to tell you she'll always have cancer Mm. pending a miraculous, just, just move of God. But it sounds like there's a little bit of a plan. Yeah. I mean, from, from the beginning, my prayer was that God would extend her healthy days on this earth, you know, not just Mm. extend her days and have her be miserable, you know, in pain, but to extend her days and, and let them be good days. And he's already done that. Chemotherapy has worked wonders for giving my mom the ability to just get her life back. She came here Friday with my dad when you met him. Mm -hmm. She went home Saturday. She spent the night at my house and then she came back for the two o'clock Sunday performance and brought a friend. Are you kidding me? And drove herself here. So I mean, I'm already just thrilled. There was a moment months ago when you first were half joking about me and Mary Poppins and I told (laughs) you no because- Oh, to join it. that was going on with my mom. It was not a thought in my mind that I could do a production like this or would do a production like this because my mom had just come out of a coma Mm -hmm. and a lot of things were going on. Mm -hmm. So for for her to be able to come and see it twice, for her to see not just me, but her granddaughter. and Yeah, that was so cool. Yeah, all glory to God. He has already answered my prayers in that respect. And now surgery could really do a lot. Um, That's incredible. I might need to see a video of Mary Poppins in general because I was sitting behind your parents in the show and I couldn't really see uh, above her <laughs> cell phone that she's just taking video of you and Desi the whole time. It was like, that's awesome. Proud, Proud grandma, huh? Yeah. I'm just so yeah. glad she yeah. saw it twice. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh my goodness. She would have seen it more if she could. That's my mom. Hmm. <laughs> love it. All right. So you won't be here, but Barry will be back. We'll try to, I don't, I don't know. We'll see about Amy. Go Coming ahead. Back, go ahead. Ask me in yeah. front of everybody. <laughs> uh, let's everybody, go to the, everybody Facebook message. To yeah. Let's go to the like, sermon. Like, sermon time. Like me back next week. Awkward silence. <laughs> what? All right. Is that new? That must be Yeah. New. That was from I this like weekend. That. Yeah. When, when did I say that? Uh, so you say that. You said that this weekend <laughs> when you were doing a funeral of uh, someone you didn't know. Ooh. 
That was really yeah. awkward. Yeah. Your first, your <laughs> yeah. first funeral. He liked cars. <laughs> right, That's right. Really yeah, that was rough. Yeah. It was, it was off. It was rough. Before we get to the the sermon, Dave, you spent the first like ten or fifteen minutes of what you had to say to really kind of bring up moments, celebratory moments in the last week or last few weeks uh, around Grace Church. And the reason I want to talk about this today on the show is because it it is one of the most succinct and clear messages about who Grace Church is that I've I've heard in a long, long time. And it got me pumped up. And I was so excited to be a part of this church. I'm so excited to be a part of this community. Um, and so for anyone who didn't ha- didn't come to services last weekend, can we just recap some of the, th- the great stuff that's happening around here? Some of the things that you experienced, we all experienced. We talked about Mary Poppins a little bit, but you talked about darkness and light and how just all the great stuff that's happening. Can we quickly recap? Yeah, well, we can all, all do it stuff? because we all experienced yeah. bits and pieces of it, but it, was, it wasn't just great stuff. There was also dark stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I, like I said, I, I mean, I'm not going to see a demon under every, under every rock, but we need to see uh, an enemy over everything trying to take us down and to, at the very least, disrupt us, if not take us out. Mm-hmm. So that was part of it. And the other part of it is in the middle of that, um, I saw a church that said, you know what, we're going to, I don't care. We're going to make this happen. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to work through. And we've talked at length about the reaction to losing Troy and Judson coming in and, mm-hmm. and all that. But there was, there was a lot more. It's the way, the way our Fishers campus yeah. stepped up yep. and, and touched the lives of people in Fishers as they struggled through the loss of two teachers mm-hmm. in the area. Um, there was me watching, uh, our Bloomington church take off after their yeah. first, uh, first year. And then the news from our team that came back from Australia that were telling us extraordinary things about what God was doing in Australia. So mm-hmm. it was thing after thing, after thing, after thing, coupled with the darkness and all of the mishaps and the, and then I said, not only, not only just the mishaps and not just the personal pain, but what we're all struggling with almost every day is this somehow this blanket of hate yeah that uh is laying over us uh, and and it's not lost on anybody not lost on us sitting here today that today's election day right. yeah and and we're all experiencing it so i just that was a recap i, I, yeah. I of of the experiential part of it mm-hmm. but it, then it led me into um reflecting on, okay, in light of all this, who's, what does this say about who we are? Yeah. And that's when I described the, you know, the awful truth and the, and the awesome truth Mm -hmm. and the two of them overlapping and where they intersect is not just personal destiny, but this church's destiny. This is what we're about. Mm -hmm. And the awful truth being the world is broken. broken, Yeah. Yeah, And six, six awful ways. Yeah. Yep. Well, and the whole idea of being under attack, I just kept, I kept saying through all of it because there were so many things that were like right on top of each other. And I just kept saying, apparently Satan has not learned. He is messing with the The wrong wrong group of people. This church is not going to pack down. We're not going to raise our flag and say, we're done. Like we'll just fight through this and, and work hard. Get out. Yes. And do better. <laughs> like we're, we're not going down. Does he not get that? Like leave us alone. Like yeah. we're not good. We're not yeah. taking this. Yeah. So, so the dark truth world is broken or the, the horrible the, truth, the awful truth, the, yeah. the, um, the awesome truth, the awesome and truth is you were our masterpiece. Yeah. Every single one of us mm-hmm. is destined 
to engage in those broken places in a way that's redemptive. Yeah. So that's, and this church exists. The fact is we are going to do what we can ministry wise, program wise, yada, yada to attack the broken place of the world. But our key strategy is to raise up people who will do that with their gift mix. Cause some people yep. can do one thing better than another. We need everybody to extend their destiny into the world. And that's what Grace Church exists to do. Yeah. So that it, was it. It excited me like um, nothing really has in a long time about, because it was so clear, like, mm. especially when you talk about the experiences that we've had, like watching the Fishers community, we talked about this last week, watching the Fishers community rise up to serve the brokenness that happened in that community is an example of this. Mm-hmm. It's people yeah. understanding that they were made for more going into the dark places of the world and just colliding with that and bringing light into it. And I, I don't know if I said this every hour. So I, I, I sometimes I lose track and I, I, lose, I walk away from my notes, but I said, if you attend grace, you know, on a regular basis, we'll stop the service and say, we know that we're all dealing with X this week because mm-hmm. Y yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I am sure some people roll their eyes. They don't want to come to church and hear about how mess the world mess up the world is, yeah. but we cannot stop ourselves. We can't help ourselves yeah. because the, the lens that we look at the world through, through which we look at the world and brokenness almost demands that when we see that brokenness, we call it out. Yes. Mm. This morning, um, I tweeted about this because I read a New York Times uh, article about what's happening in Yemen right now. Yes. Mm. I could, I, it took my breath away when I, and, and again, it's something I feel like, why have I not mentioned this to us to at least be concerned about and pray about? Right. Because they're talking, what, what was the number? 14 million people yeah. are starving right now. 14 million people and and I'm sorry but it's a it's a it's it's because of war and it's because of a uh, desire to control and dominate and I'm sorry I'll, I'll stop preaching but if you come to grace you're likely going to hear us mention something that's messed up yeah for us to be concerned about and my hope is that somebody gets worked up enough of about that kind of thing that they'll that they'll pray and they'll also say what can I do mm-hmm. yeah so well and that's what Jesus was concerned about so we're not doing our job if we're not concerned about all the things that he was concerned about, if that's what our, if we're patterning yeah. ourselves after him. Mm-hmm. I loved the, um, the statement that the statements that you made about who we are, that went, that we put on social media this week. I, I just was, I, I was, I, I wished everybody would have stood up and just cheered after every <laughs> statement. Like this is what we're about. The, this church will breed champions of justice who love the marginalized and confront the endless cycles of poverty and hope. Like I just, I almost weep Yeah, mm-hmm. because that's who we should be. That's who the church should yeah. be. And then when you got into the message and talked about the credibility gap, and mm-hmm. if we were who you stated that we're supposed to be as a church, as individual well, Christians, there would be no credibility gap. And so I just, the the whole message from the pre-message to the whole message was a stand up and cheer mm-hmm. kind of yes rallying cry I felt like and yeah and now, I, can I can I take you inside for a second let's here? go inside I want it because uh, and Amy since she leads the process and you guys are there for the design process it was very I'm going to tell you what happened at 4:30 when I got up to preach um, 
you know, you'll hear me hammer again and again, stick with one big idea, one big idea, one big idea. Mm -hmm. So the thing I was concerned about Amy in particular is I know that because of uh, Mary Poppins, we're likely, and it was, our attendance was up this past weekend, um, likely we'd have people coming back to visit. And so I was trying to, we were going to do the sermon series in essence to try to do two things. Yeah. One was to address people who may be feeling struggling about one of the things we're talking about, but also us as a church to think about our ones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. 430. I almost had a mental breakdown Yeah, in, in the middle of the message, trying to balance those two yep. things. And I'm sorry if this is too inside, but I stood there on stage. There was a moment on stage. And I thought I cannot do this. Mm. I can either talk to people who are feeling these things, or I can talk to the church mm. who needs to be. And so after right. 430, I went back in my office back here. I and sat you. down and I just, I threw out one of the ideas and you heard the rest of the rest was, I'm just talking to the church mm -hmm. about our ones. It was, hmm. um, and it, and at the same time, it, it almost felt like what I talked about the chaos happening to me right in that moment. Mm. Yeah. There was dark and light. And I, I know this may sound weird, but I felt like I was battling it in the moment, standing on the stage, looking at our people. And I was battling dark and light. I was confused mm -hmm. and I was clear all at the same time. Wow. It was weird. Yeah. But, any rate, so that's a little inside information there, and it just reminds me again. And yet, as we were talking about finding our one, who is that one person that, you know, God has placed in your path that you can share the truth with? Yeah. Multiple times you said, I don't know, you might be that one. Yeah. Right. But that was yeah. that was a shift in the way I was doing the sermon at 430. At 430, I was trying to talk about both things at the same time. Mm. After that, I said, no, we're going to talk about your one and then the aside is, and this might be you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To the point, to the point where a guy walked up to me in the lobby after one of the services and handed me a note. I didn't get a chance to look at it till lunch. I opened up the note and it said, I am my own one. Mm. Pray for me. So there was a. I bet that's true for many people. people. Yeah. And, and I hope I have a a chance to talk further with him. But what he was basically saying is I'm separated from right. God. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I know this about myself and I need help. Yeah. I, I need help. Please pray for me. Mm -hmm. It was so poignant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, let's get into the sermon because the, the stats that you went through and the diff you called them shades, shades <laughs> of separation. Uh, you, I was laughing. Yeah. Clever. Why? Cause I just, cause it's it, clever. It was five shades of Moving um, on. Yeah, I just, it. I just thought it was funny. You acknowledged that it was funny and that you and Penny talked about it. it made me laugh. Sorry. People so won't, people people won't, won't forget, forget it, it because yeah. I used it. Yeah. Five shades of separation, all right? Yeah. So um, it's not surprising that somebody identified themselves as the one because mm. 327 million people in the United States, 70% say that they are Christian. There are 70% yeah. of people are nominal Christians, how you put it. Yeah. Uh, not much about their lives indicate that they are Christians. You said 10% of the people in the U.S. Follow, are followers of Jesus. 10% are religiously unaffiliated. Mm -hmm. Most likely previously Christian millennials, right. right? Almost all of them, yes. And then 10% is everyone else, like any other religion. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so put that all together, you're, you're saying 90% of Americans are spiritual, spiritually lost or wandering. And then you kept asking, where are you? Yeah. Right? Um and so it's not surprising that somebody was like, oh, mm -hmm. I am my own mm -hmm. one. Right. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Yeah. What's it, yeah and I and I, li I went through the list of questions that are now uh, sort of like criteria questions that people can ask 
um, to define what it means to really be a follower of Jesus. And the vast majority of Americans don't embrace what we would call yeah. the traditional theology of what it means to follow Jesus Christ. Um, now, it's hard for people to grasp that it's hard to, that 90% of Americans are far from God. That's a number that, that does not compute Especially from what we hear in the media right now, always referring to evangelical this, evangelical mm -hmm. that, evangelical, it starts to feel like everybody's an evangelical. Yeah. The fact is, yeah, most most Americans identify with Jesus, but the fact is, if you if you push it, you ask the deeper question about their heart, they'll say, no, I don't, I, I'm, you know, they may not call themselves lost. Yeah. They probably push back against it, but they, they would not answer the questions of the affirmative about Jesus. Sometimes you don't have to even push it. Sometimes they're just putting it right out there. Yeah. Like they're they're kind of outing themselves as not being true followers because of some of the things they Yeah. So think. someone just asked this on, on Facebook. I'm gonna try to summarize their their question, but how do you know someone's a follower of Jesus? Is it the specifics about what they believe or say they believe? Because they're one of the shades <laughs> is uh, bitterness yeah. and credibility gap yeah. and yeah. all that stuff. So how do you know the difference between a nominal Christian and somebody um, who is a follower of Jesus? What are, what are the, I mean, I know the, I know the Sunday school answer, but what, how do we know? How do we see that in each other? Go ahead. Well, the first two things that come to my mind right away, um, two scriptures come to my mind. Um, they'll know that you are my followers by the love you have one for another. Mm -hmm. And that you'll know a tree by its fruit. Those are the two scriptures that come to my my mind right away. Um, you said that the nominal Christians they don't believe in absolute truth, and that they many of them don't right aren't necessarily even monotheistic. They might say, well, yeah, there's many paths to God. Mm -hmm. You know, if you believe in this, that, or the other, yeah. don't worry, you'll still get to heaven if you're a good enough person. They don't believe that the Bible is authoritative and inspired. They want heaven, but they don't want to believe in hell. Um, you know, where a, a true follower of Christ would absolutely believe that there is one way to the Father and then that way is Jesus Christ. Um, they would absolutely believe in absolute truth because yeah. he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. Um, we know that we can't get to heaven based on our good merits and our good works alone, but it's by grace alone that we're mm -hmm. saved. You know, all these things, These are this is the fruit of a true follower of Christ. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, uh, freedom... Am I experiencing freedom in my life? Um, you know, the script, uh, scriptures say, you know, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth yeah. that Jesus Christ is Lord, how many people confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ? I'm not talking about standing on a street mm. corner preaching. I'm talking about the articulation. This is who Jesus is to me. The average Christian's not going, the average nominal Christian is not going to talk like that. Yeah. There's not going to be that kind of conversation. I mean, yeah. So, what if I don't know, Marin, you, that, that's a good list. What if I don't know what I believe about some of that stuff? I think that's, that's part of why this church exists. Yeah. You know, um, we don't expect people to walk through the doors already knowing this stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, this is what community is for. This is certainly what Rooted is for. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. you know, this is for, you know, I, I, I went through Rooted and I, I feel like it is a place to decide if you actually want to be a follower of Christ, if you actually believe these fundamental, you know, truths of what it means to be a follower of Christ, it's spelled out pretty plainly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And I, we're, 
nobody wants to get up in everybody's business about their spiritual life. Right. It's a it's an uncomfortable thing. But what it's we, interesting because they want to get up in everybody's business about, about everything their, else. About their political <laughs> right. but political certainly perspective. not about right. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's that, a good point. Yeah. Um it, it's 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 fascinating to me and yet at the, and then then you come to a moment of of tragedy and you realize, you know, I really have never talked with that person about what they truly believe. Yeah. And then, then the panic sets in and you realize, well, okay, do I believe that they really need to know Jesus Christ? Well, yeah, I do. Then what is my reticence? What is keeping me from engaging the person that I'm most brokenhearted about with, uh, with the story of Jesus Christ? Uh, It's a very strange time, a very strange Mm -hmm. time when it comes to our friends. You know, we're, yeah. I think there's a lot of assumption when it comes to either our friends or our neighbors. You might see, you know, your friend or your neighbor and know that they're a churchgoer. So then you might just assume that they believe what you believe or, you know, have this understanding. Um, But. So the guy that came up to me in the, in the lobby is somebody's neighbor. Yeah. Okay. And he goes to Grace Church. Yeah. So his why, neighbor goes to Grace Church. Well, no, I'm. Oh, he. This guy goes yeah. to Grace Church because okay. he's here. He's here. I see him frequently. And yeah. Um, but the fact is, he's got. He, he has a neighbor. Who goes well. I don't. I'm not going to engage him in a conversation because he goes to Grace Church. Mm-hmm. Yet he just walked up to me in the lobby and said, That's "I'm my own right. one. I'm separated from God." And no one's. And mm-hmm. I'm. What I'm thinking is nobody knows that, and no one's engaged him in the conversation. Yeah. When was the last time we have a conversation with somebody uh, to that extent? where we're talking about the depths of our, of our souls. But at the same time, isn't it not the most important thing in our lives? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a great question. Is it? Well, because I think of myself and I'm like, I think I'm a follower of Jesus, but I don't, I don't, I'm Mark Slaughter, who was on the friend of the pod on a long time ago when Billy Graham passed away. That, that guy is out there talking to people about his faith and his, um, you know, follower of Jesus Christ talking about their lives and their, the depths of their souls. He's out there doing that all the time, every day. That's his job. That's what he's doing. Yeah. And that's his calling. And I'm thinking, man, I don't even know who my neighbors are. Exactly. And so do I really care about okay. that? <laughs> this, yeah, th- this is the question that, that first hit me when I was in high school and my pastor took me under his wing and he first started asking me those kind of questions. Yeah. And it put me, it set me back. And now the application was not good for me because he packed me up and we start going door to door and knocking, <laughs> yeah. knocking on doors in the most uncomfortable way of doing evangelism. Right. You can possibly do it. Hey, can I ask you a series of questions? Yeah. If you were hit by a bus tonight, <laughs> do you know where you, would you go? know, where you, you know, <laughs> and like, sorry, but I got spaghetti on and I need to get it, you know, right. But, yeah. but it is, it's the, is it the, it's the ultimate question and, mm-hmm. and are we willing to engage people with it? No, because with because it seems weird. It seems yeah. so weird, and it's like I don't want to get in your business. And also, like the cultural climate is such that there is a credibility gap, and we all kind of know it, and we don't want people to think something of us, right? Mm-hmm. Like I know that my friends who are not into God or Christianity, there's a credibility gap between my faith and what they think about the world. And so, if I come at them and ask them and have these soul bearing conversations. I'm scared. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I'm scared that they're going to think something different of me because I already know they don't think what I think is credible. Right. You know, but then they come to a point in their lives where they find themselves in crisis and you're the only person they could think of 
to come and ask for prayer. Oh, then they're really in trouble. Well, how many times has, <laughs> how many times has a, a professing non-believer asked me to pray for their sick loved one or their, oh. their hurt child reminded me of the C.S. Lewis quote that you shared. If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing else can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. There's something inherently in us, yeah. whether yeah. we believe or not, that when push comes to shove, we are calling on that higher power. We are, we're, we're seeking out our friends who, who cling to the faith, asking them for help in our time of need. Yeah. Yeah. I've looked for everything within me, everything I can grasp, everything in my life, and I can't can't find the answer to the yearning. Um, and so it has to come from outside of me. And that's what eventually everyone's going to ask that question. I don't care how powerful they are. I don't care how rich they are. I don't care how wonderful they are. They're going to ask that question because that's just the way it works. And we have to ask ourselves, Are we? am I going to wait till they crash? Mm. We can do that. Will I be there when they crash? Will mm. I be there when my brother, my sister, my father, my friend, my neighbor it expresses that yearning? Or will I be close enough to them so that when the yearning starts to happen, they know where to go to? Mm -hmm. um, I don't think, Tyler, you said, I don't think that people around you that don't have your faith think that what you believe isn't credible. I think they think some of the people they've seen around that believe claim yeah. to believe the same things you believe yeah. are not credible. Right. But you engaging with them being who you are is going to change that. That's that, that could be true. I, I have had people say, you know, I like your version of, <laughs> you know, right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I think engagement is well a big piece of it. Jim Henderson, a uh, <laughs> friend of mine who has written about this uh, extensively He's the one I got the phrase from, get in the room and stay in the room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As long as we get in the room with the people that we love and we stay in the room, even when there's pushback and even when they don't like what we're saying and we stay there, we there's if you stay in the room, I can almost guarantee there'll be a point where you get to talk about Jesus because they're going to be open mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at some point. This is all really uncomfortable. I mean, this is probably as serious a conversation that you will have on the pod. And I'm sure there are people that will feel uncomfortable with this conversation because it pushes us right out to the limits of our comfortability. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it scares me to death to, to think that um, if you ask me cognitively, I'm like, oh, yeah, everybody should talk about this to people that don't believe. Yeah, it's the most important thing. Of course, but I don't act that way. I don't behave that way. And so, yeah, it is, it is uncomfortable for sure. And let's go through the five shades of separation. separation. Yeah. So shade one longing, um, people you said are nostalgic and confused. Um, yeah, the, everyone will experience that in their life at some point. That's Every, basically everyone. asking the question like, yeah. Who am I? What am I made These for? Are the, this is the classic stuff. seeker. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is a person who we know is seeking. They're asking the question. Do you know what the questions sound like? Um, yeah. Shade two is apathy. It's like faith or religion is just kind of like, eh, not really important to me. I'm my own person. You said um, rugged individual, rugged individualism. Is this, mm -hmm. is this yeah. kind of that? It's like, I, I don't need that. It's just kind of whatever. Yo, and that's American. I mean, yeah. Americanism is rugged individualism. That's just, yeah, that's that, just who we are. And that's Hamilton County. 
oh, I yeah. would say the majority of the people you're Just running complacent. into in Hamilton County are apathetic because mm-hmm. they have a lot of other things that they could fill. As I was, I was listening to this, to the sermon as I was waiting in line to vote. And I was looking at all the people around me, standing around me, waiting in line to vote in my community and thinking, yeah, there's a lot of, ap- I know a lot of apathetic people that yeah, it's like, yeah, I mean, I go to church occasionally. Yeah. Like it, well, and what breeds when it apathy, works in my schedule. Right. What breeds apathy is religion. Hmm. If I can get in, if I can get into a, like, like a systematic approach where I go to church, maybe throw in a 10 spot every now and then and go do a, do a, some kind of service project. I don't have to engage my heart. Yeah. I just do the thing and then it's kind of meh after that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. That's probably of the 70%. That's a lot of. Yes. Yeah. And I think having, having stuff breeds apathy, right? Like I I was talking to a guy a couple weeks ago who, who made it clear to me, he's got a lot of money and (laughs) I'm kind of an important thing. I'm a big deal. I mean, you would be surprised, but he kind of said that yeah. to me. And um, so I asked him point blank. I was like, okay, so why do you want to believe in God? Because somebody in your, in your position, from my experience, I usually encounter people like you and you, and they are apathetic to God. It's like, eh, I'll, 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 when things go bad, you know, I'm, I'm there, but I got all this stuff and this lifestyle surrounding me that I, I don't really need God. Right. Like, I'm pretty good. Um, and his answer was is kind of weird. He just kind of said, well, I feel like I owe God for some stuff that he's given me. And so that's why I'm interested. And I was like, that's not, that's not it. <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not a, that's not a faith. No, that's religion. Yeah. Yeah. That's religion. Uh, shade three is a uh, regret. So shame and guilt. Mm. Um, yeah. You can, when you hear a person say something like, I don't think God could ever embrace me. I don't think God could accept me. I, I have messed up so badly. I am. Yeah. That, you know, that when you hear that, you're, you're hearing regret, you're hearing shame, you're hearing guilt. Yeah. And they just cannot bear the light that comes upon them, which is healing eventually, but they can't bear the heat mm-hmm. of the truth. And so they, they run away with some sort of, don't look at me, don't look at me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the, Brennan Manning, ragamuffin mm-hmm. gospel yeah. approach, yeah. right? Yeah, as he describes himself, the the drunk who is sitting on the corner with vomit all over himself and mm-hmm. empty bottle in his hand, and he looks at himself with self contempt and can't imagine that the God of the universe would would ever care for him. Yeah, and there are a lot of people at that point. There are just a lot of even people who who can be raving evangelists themselves and tell the truth about Jesus. Their sin is so powerful upon them that they, they cannot escape the shame. That's a lot of people like that. Yeah. And I think you, you can look at all of these and they, some of them start weaving or melting over into the others. Mm -hmm. And like, I look at regret and apathy. I think there's a lot of people that are apathetic and some of that stems from deep regret and, and and they and they fill their lives with all of the stuff that maybe tends to make them ap- apathetic to fill up yeah. how they really truly feel about themselves and yeah. what's really going on in their homes and um yeah it's hard shade 4 is a uh, bitterness so bitterness toward Jesus the church Christians are not credible and 
in my sphere, this is yeah. this is the thing. I think it's because we're millennials. Because <laughs> my one, this is her all yeah. day long, all day long. And we were talking earlier about how proud we are of this church and to call this church home. And mm-hmm. she is the friend who, when I moved from Chicago to central Indiana, she's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why would you ever do this? Going to work for the man. Oh my goodness. But for me to be able to tell her again and again and again and again, actually my church addresses things like mm. injustice and, mm-hmm. and poverty and injustices around the world. Actually, my church does more than just, you know, all the time I get to tell her about what, I've discovered here and what I've encountered here. And, yeah. you know, um, she is, she's that, she's that, yeah. she's that, that person. That, and I have to lay across that credibility gap for mm. her. And, and it is, it is John 12, 24, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, unless you take up your cross daily. I mean, Jesus told us die. die. There's one. Can we talk about another reason why somebody doesn't want to follow Christ? Yeah. You always have to die. Okay. Yeah, it's not. All right. You have to die. Pleasant and, time all the time. Yeah, and if you don't want to die, you'll end up in the 70%. Yeah. Mm. I love that quote from Bonhoeffer. When when God calls a man, he bids him, him come and, and die. die. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who wants to do that? Yeah. Forget that. You know? So that the, the bitterness thing, it, interestingly enough, I, here's a question uh, I wonder. Has... Is the credibility gap new? Is it is it a recent phenomena? Was there a point in American history where there was no credibility gap? Quiet on the point. Well, as a whole awkward silence. As a whole, I would I I I don't know how to answer that question. I think there were always individuals that have been burned by somebody you know, who, Mm. who had claimed to be religious. I think that there's nothing new under the sun. That's as old as time. So there's, there's always existed bitterness because Mm -hmm. somebody didn't live up to, you know, the expectation or, you know, didn't represent Christ well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think I, I, in the nineties, it was like the televangelists thing. And Oh goodness. Yeah. Today it's, so political and polarizing and I don't know. I mean, that that's my life. And so I, I assume it's always been a thing. Yeah. Well, I think back, like I, I wasn't alive at this time, but during the civil rights movement, would there have been people that said the church, um, the church, big C church as a whole, didn't do enough, didn't, didn't stand up, didn't stand in the gap, didn't. And I would think that would be a credibility gap for, a lot of people like yeah. it probably already it, it probably has always been around it is it is well because we're living in today it's particularly an issue right now well i've been fearful because i'm raising what is liza she's 21 almost 21 so what generation is she um, she's a millennial no no she's gen she's z gen z gen z yeah so my, my other my other 17, 15, and I don't know if Maggie will be that at 11 or not. But so I'm raising these kids that I am so scared that what they are seeing, I'm scared. That, <laughs> that they are going to be a generation of bitter, hmm. that they, that they have been. So they have watched what many Christians have done, said, posted, whatever that yeah. they, that they are going to be a very bitter generation toward the, toward the church and toward Christians in general. And I'm worried about that. At the very least, they're going to be confused. Yeah. If not bitter, they're going to be confused. 
I don't want Shoot, them to I'm walk. A, I don't want them to walk away from the church. Well, the millennials were the because first. They're seeing all of this. Yeah, the millennials are the first generation to populate the unaffiliated. There's yeah. always been a unaffiliated, but it grew to what is it now? One out of uh, three millennials is unaffiliated with any kind of religion, and it's growing. I think it's more like thirty six percent now. It's it's just speeding up, and that's a result of like, yeah. I don't need that. I don't need church. I can do, I can figure it out on my own. Like I'm into social justice, but I'm not into the exclusivity part or whatever, you know, like it, right. That's why, that's what we have read of why people are bitter or walking away from the church is like, and I think I care so much about these social issues, but I also, the church also says we care about, but but I think they see a lot of Christians that don't care about it at all. Well, yeah, that's say I love Jesus, but I, I really don't care about any of that stuff. I, I don't care if the earth explodes. Like it, we're, I don't care about taking care of it. I would, I would that's your soundbite right I know. there. Well, I'm just saying. That's they, fun. They don't care. They don't, they're seeing people that just don't care about yeah. things that they should care about if they follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, at least for my daughter, that's, that's, it, it angers her. It makes her not trust. It makes her. Yeah. It, it the, the only thing that will save my kids is the people that they've been surrounded by at this church mm. that have helped get them to a place where they, they will believe in it because there's people around them that they trust and yeah. that have laid across that gap. For yeah. Them. I, I agree with that. Um, but I'll add to that. Humans are fallible no matter who you are, no matter right. how awesome you are. If I only look to humans to be, you know, my example and, right. you know, I, my faith lives and dies on the behavior of others, right. I'm already yes, doomed. <laughs> I'm absolutely doomed. For me, there was a guy when I was a teenager, older guy, uh, he was the greeter at church. I might've told this story before, but he would shake everybody's hand. And I think we started going to that church when I was three years old. This guy shook my hand every morning, every Sunday morning, up until I turned 16 and my parents got me a tattoo for my 16th birthday. Well, that's when it went downhill. That's when, what? He, that's when he told me to my 16 year old face that he didn't associate with people who had tattoos. Oh my gosh. And he refused to shake my hand. No, well, that makes two Marin. of us. It, <laughs> needless to say, it broke my heart, but I was happy that it happened to me. And not to one of my friends or not, you know, yeah. because I can take it. I know that this guy is just misrepresenting Jesus. Mm-hmm. But had I been someone else, that could have been my walking yeah. out point. Yeah, like, totally. man, these people are ridiculous, Yeah, you know? And so, yes, there were other people in that church that I could look to as examples, you know, that they're, they're not that guy. And actually that guy died about two weeks ago. Oh. Um, it's kind of, Yeah. Wow. It just took me back. That's probably why the story is fresh on my mind. But I had to find for myself who God was as described in his word, not just looking to the example of others. Mm -hmm. I had to find him for myself. Right. Would he still shake my hand walking through the front door of church? Yes, he would. Would Mm. he still die for me if I covered my face in tattoos? Yes, Yes, Mm. he would. Right. And I, and, yeah. And and can we go one step further? Part of the problem when we've truncated the gospel or when we've cut it down to uh, this piece that basically says, 
uh, it really doesn't matter much how you live or who you are, as long as you do the thing where you throw the stick in the fire or you stand up in church so that when you die, you go to heaven. If, if it's basically a gospel of sin management that says, we're just going to manage your sin by getting you saved. Um, that's not something to live for. That's, right. that's, that's something to wait for. But when, when your children, if someone would have told me when I was much younger, look, can I tell you that you were made for more? And can I tell you that you have a destiny to move into this world and change this world? I can't, I can't begin to tell you how much sooner I would have grasped what it meant to walk with Jesus. Mm -hmm. We have a, a truncated gospel and what we need is a gospel that includes the human being from before they were born until the time they, they're in heaven. And that's the kind of thing that a person, whether you're one of these five shades or not, that will appeal to them because they, that are, they're hardwired to think right. that way. They're hardwired. And when someone pulls that out, I mean, they're wide open mm -hmm. at that point. That, I'm sorry, but that I believe that. And yeah. I believe that's true. No, I, I, I think that's true too. And um, that's why it's so important. I'm all for like, asking the tough questions like is this is this who god is the guy who won't associate with me is that is that who jesus is is it like asking those questions like challenging uh your faith the important part i think especially for amy you're talking about your kids like the important part is that they they kind of root themselves in in the character of mm -hmm. of jesus and they can separate the people mm -hmm. yeah who are doing that making yeah, mistakes right. and yeah hypocritical and right you know everybody's that way yeah right and so it's the important part is separating that from what you know and believe about the character of jesus mm -hmm. yeah and i'm sorry to go really really dark but that's hard for a person that's been abused oh man i can't and, even imagine i and i can't either uh, and that's that is the latest thing we, not until the last 10 to 20 years has that been exposed the amount of people that have been abused under the rubric of the church. Mm. And Oh man. Yeah, uh, you're right. It is a it and and now we're talking we're not just talking about something that is not cool. We're talking about something that is diabolical. Yes. Well, that's shade 5. Yeah. Shade Immorality. Five. Evil. 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 Yeah. And and that's yeah. yeah. You come up against that and it's really hard to find Jesus in that. And, and if you have, if you've been abused and to explain, but because let's, let's be honest and I'm sorry again, that we're going down this, how deep we're going. But when somebody says, why would God let that happen? Wait a minute. This happened at the hands of a pastor. This happened at the hands of a priest. This happened. Mm -hmm. How, how, and we're saying, well, yeah, but you need to love Jesus. That, that's hard. Yeah. That's just hard. So yeah. that's why the subject is so important. It is much, you just make it easy to come here and not have to deal with hard messages, but that's just not who we are. And that's, mm -hmm. that's not who I am. It, this is not an easy church to attend. Let's be honest. You're right. But I think for the first time, at least since I've been on staff here, we are like celebrating that about ourselves. Yep. It's like, yeah, it's not a hard, it's not an easy place to go to church because we're going to talk about these things, not just on the podcast, but we're going to talk about these things in services and in our programmings and things yep. like that. But we are standing behind it and we're proud of that. Um, and we are celebrating that about this community of people who choose to be here to engage in, the, in that type of discussion. Because yeah. of the firm, unwavering belief that you were made for yeah. more. 
Exactly. No matter who you are, no matter what shade you might come from, yep. no matter if you've yep. been abused, you know, I, he saves every tear in a bottle. He was there. He felt your pain. He wept with you. And, and through it all, you were made for more. Mm-hmm. And he stands, healing. that's right. He stands on the road and he is waiting for you. He's looking for you. He's got his arms open. And when he sees you make a turn towards him, he will embrace you. Yeah. That's our God. And in the midst of all the brokenness, we offer, we offer this unbelievable hope and forgiveness and mercy and love and that and joy yeah. and like the, the world is broken. So I think it's hopeful Yes. To be here. Like, mm, yeah. yeah, we're in a broken world and that, yeah, well, we walk around with a low grade fever of sadness right. because the world is a hard place. In the midst of that, we have this beautiful hope to offer to Amen. everyone. And so I find it to be incredibly hopeful to, yeah. to go here. That's why I wanted to cheer this weekend. This is what we're about. We can, we can serve, we yeah. can love, we can, yeah. And, and offer hope to a, a hopeless world. Yeah. You were talking about despair today, Dave, in our staff prayer. And it got me thinking about despair and about hope. And some of my favorite scriptures, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. It mm-hmm. never ceases. It is eternal. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Mm-hmm. So hope is reborn. It is brand new every morning where despair is finite. Despair mm. ultimately has an end, but hope is eternal. Mm. And every day we get more of it, a new dose of hope every single day. Well, well there it is. Yep. And so you talked about this, but the next, for the next five months, right. We are going to prepare a place that you are able to come and feel proud of and bring your friends and your family and feel confident that we're going to have these, these types of discussions. We're going to talk about your encounters with God. We're going to talk about your encounters with each other and community. We're going to talk about, um, experiencing freedom Yeah. and we're going to talk about discovering your destiny. destiny yeah. And so, uh, that, that is, that gives me hope that the next five months are perfect you know, we're setting the table for people to yeah. to confidently and happily bring the people that you're you're just thinking of and wondering about and love and care about. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about that. Anything can happen. Week two next week, uh, Dave, you're preaching again. Yep. Right. And we're talking about community. We're talking about desolation. Interesting. Mm. Which is the Hebrew word for loneliness. Mm. Oh man. And so a lot. Uh, and I've got some mind numbing kind of newer statistics on the level of loneliness mm. in the world. So I'm, I'm actually anxious to talk about it. And especially timely, because like you said, we're, we're doing this on election day. The weekend we're talking about loneliness is the weekend after election day where everybody's kind of retreating to their corners and tribes and yep. uh, mm. everybody kind of feels like alone in some ways, like yeah. I'm not being paid attention to or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And so I think it is super timely that we're talking about this mm-hmm. right now. So I, I, I can't wait. Dave, thanks for being here. Welcome. Amy, thanks for being here. Of course. M- might be joining us again next week. <laughs> unless we can find someone else. Someone <laughs> you should, better. You should get my twin, Lauren Russell. Oh, yeah. There you go. Sit right Bring here. Her in. Uh, <laughs> and Facebook Live won't be confused wait, at all. No one will know. You mean... <laughs> That's not you. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh man, Mary and Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. 
have a great time with your mom next week. Thank you. Listeners, friends of the surgery. We'll friends, friends of the pod. We uh, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. Um, join us. You know, get. we had a couple people last week fill out the the between Sundays.us form online. Yeah, yeah. And tell us, you know, feedback. what what you're looking forward to uh, for the show. Oh, yeah, right. Um, and I want to know in the next five months, like, what do you want us to talk about? Like, we're, we're I just said, we're setting the table. So what, what, what do you want us to talk about on the show? We're talking about sermons, but specific topics. What do you want us to talk about? Because I enjoy stuff like this. Dave kept apologizing for going deep, but I, I think people enjoy. Hope so. This. Yeah. It's yeah. the place for it. Yeah. You know, what does your one need? Yeah. What do you want to hear? Yeah. Mm. Um, Barry will be back next week. Barry, hope you're enjoying your bunny, bunny kingdoms over, over in uh, your neck of the woods. But, um. <laughs> Until next week, Marin, will you please do us the honors and send us out? I will, I will. In light of the Great Commission, go into all the world and make disciples. Would you do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God? And we will see you on the other side of Sunday. I'm scared.